days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with them. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. We're beginning in the new series leading up to Easter, a series, as I did last year, about the crucifixion. And the title of the series is Characters at the Cross. These are people that are notable to us who were involved in the life of Christ and were, in fact, a part of his crucifixion. Now, I'm talking today about Judas, but... I'm not sure whether, when Judas committed suicide. Was he at the cross? Did he see Jesus crucified? The continuation of the story in his life would indicate that perhaps he committed suicide before the crucifixion happened. But understand that Bible, biblical narrative is not always chronological. Sometimes it is topical. And so it may be that his suicide came after the crucifixion uh, just oh we don't know for sure but i want to look at the life of judas and perhaps in another way most of the time when when judas is talked about we talked about judas the betrayer but i think that there might be another part of judas life that we need to look at and that would be perhaps more practical to us today than thinking about him as just the person who betrayed Jesus. And it is part and parcel of the story of the anointing of Jesus for burial by Mary, though she did not know uh, perhaps that that's what she was doing. And I want to look at Judah, Judas instead as Judas the hypocrite, because he was. He was numbered with the twelve but he was never a believer in Jesus Christ. If you've been taught that Judas was saved and he lost his salvation, that is not true. He was never a believer from the very beginning. Well, didn't the Lord know that? Yes, He did. But He allowed him to fulfill His purpose and to continue in the church, to continue with the twelve, even though he was never really a follower he was nothing but a hypocrite. Now, I believe in practical preaching. And it might be hard for us to identify with Judas, but if you think about his life as a hypocrite and recognize that he becomes an example for us of how to recognize a hypocrite. What does a hypocrite look like? Well, just look at the life of Judas and I think that you will see some characteristics of a hypocrite. Number one is criticism. It says, Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him said, 
Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This moment when Mary anointed Jesus, she took the alabaster box and she broke the box and poured it over his head. Uh, Wanda, I think you know that one of my favorite songs is the alabaster box. And, and the representation, the way that song is written, it, it, it makes it clear that this was perhaps in the life and ministry of Jesus, the point, the highest point of worship in all of His ministry. But here's a guy who doesn't get it. And so he criticizes what's just happened. A hypocrite is always critical. They criticize. A hypocrite will criticize the way other people worship. I've just said that what Mary did was an act, a high act, or an act of high worship. And yet Judas, rather than being moved by that act of worship, rather than being convicted about what he was going to do and what he should do, instead he becomes critical of her worship. He was not only critical about her worship, he was, he was critical of her sacrificial giving. She gave what was equivalent. Russ, that, I'm, I'm told that that alabaster box and its value was probably equivalent to a year's wages for a blue-collar worker. Talk about a sacrificial gift to God, and yet he was critical of her sacrificial giving. Hypocrites will be critical about your giving, about your commitments. I suspect there may be some critic out there who's upset that the pastor is promoting pledging to raise funds for the sign and for the fence. Uh, you know what that means? Uh, a critic always speaks out of what's valuable to them. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. By the way, I need to warn the critics in the crowd, what you say in criticism of someone else says more about you than it does about them. I'll never forget, someone was being critical of a missionary. This was before I was a missionary. I was a pastor, you know, near about 100 years ago of a little church in central Florida. And somebody was criticizing a missionary, accusing them of something friend of mine said to me, well, then what that means is they're accusing him because if they were in his shoes, that's what they would do. Your criticism says more about you than it actually says about the person that you're criticizing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so he was critical of her worship. He was critical of her sacrificial giving. He was critical of her service to God. I thank God for those who have volunteered, for those who came out to scrape the ice and snow off the sidewalk, of the men who came on Thursday, the Thursday morning coffee bunch, to set up the baptistry. Now, I told them to leave the heater off and let the water be cold because Aaron is doing the baptizing today and not me. 
They turned it on anyway, Aaron, so you can, you can be relieved. No, I, I'm, I appreciate everyone who volunteers, everyone who has a ministry in this church. But understand, there will be someone who will criticize you either for how you did that job or because you did it at all because you volunteered. Somebody is going to criticize. Hypocrites are always critical. He was even jealous, I think, Charles, because of the attention that she received. After all, she's just a woman. And he was one of the twelve. And she was getting more attention than he was getting. Hypocrites always desire attention. They want the attention. They do not want the attention to be on anyone else. Beware of the constant critic. I've already said to you, the good person. Uh, Tom, I told you to turn it down too much. I'm sorry if you'll turn it up just a hair. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Beware of the chronic critic. Second thing, I'm talking about characteristics of hypocrites. Hypocrites are always guilty of power plays. It says in verse 6, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. He was stealing from the offering. Now, realize when he said what he did, it was motivated not for his care for the poor, not for his care for Christ, it was motivated by his own greed and his desire to manipulate Christ himself. Larry, do you get the point? I call Larry's name because he's nodding back there, so we're on the same page. So go with me, Larry. Do you get the point that he's even being critical of Christ? This is just not right, Lord. Why didn't you do something about this? You really should have put an end to this when it all started. My goodness, does that sound like what the pastor hears? From time to time. There, there are some who want the pastor to do exactly what they want done. And they will execute power plays. They will try to use their offerings and their influence to get their way in the church. That is the sign of a hypocrite. Manipulation by power plays. He was... Pushing his own personal agenda. That personal agenda was not for the benefit of the Lord's work. It was not for the kingdom. It was for his own power and his own influence and his own pocketbook. He was push pushing a personal agenda. Power plays are always about personal agendas. I don't like the way things are done. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get my way so that things will be done the way I want them to be done. Hypocrites push power plays. It was a way to manipulate others. Whether it is aggressive behavior or passive aggressive behavior. You know what passive aggressive behavior means? 
That's when you react to something as if you've been hurt. Oh, it just kills me that this has happened. And you do that in order to make somebody do just the opposite to do what you want to do. People are notorious. Church members are notorious for power plays and for passive aggressive manipulation. But someone who's not a hypocrite cares more about the kingdom of God than they do their own plans and their own agendas. Their agenda is God's agenda. Their agenda is the church's agenda. And their agenda, if they're really followers of Christ and lovers of God, their agenda is the expansion of the kingdom of God on earth. And it will involve, the only power play it will involve is the presence and the movement of the Spirit of God and to the glory of God and Jesus Christ. Be careful about people who are pushing power plays. A hypocrite will use power plays to manipulate others to fulfill their own purpose and agenda. An agenda that robs God of His glory. Be careful. Characteristics of a hypocrite. And then the third characteristic of a hypocrite that I see in the life of Judas is a lack of compassion. Now he said... Why? This money could have been given to the poor. No, he didn't care about the poor. Didn't care anything about the poor. He just wanted the money himself. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charged the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. You know, that means, Grant, he didn't care a thing about Mary. I mean, here is a woman... Think about this woman and the worth of that alabaster box. And she just sacrificed it because of her love for the Lord. I, I am amazed when I think about, Kim, that act of worship. It was an amazing moment. I think about, can you imagine being in the room, Debbie, and that alabaster box of, of that precious ointment was broken? The Bible says, and the odor filled the room. Wow. In fact, someone said that odor was so strong and that perfume was so strong that when he carried his cross to Golgotha, the odor was still on him. Wow. Judas cared nothing about that. He did not care for Mary. He did not care for Christ. He had no concern for Christ. No concern for Mary. And he had no concern for the poor. One of the characteristics of a hypocrite, someone who claims to be a follower of Christ, even a leader, is that they do not care for others. If he had no care for Mary and he had no care for the poor, then he did not care about the Savior. I've said this again and again, and this is our theme for 2021. I love my church because my church loves Jesus, and so do I. But listen to me. 
If you really love Jesus, I said it last week, if you really love Jesus, you will love His church. I say my church. It's His church. He just lets me pastor it. And I love this church. Because this church loves Jesus. And so do I. But listen, if you love Jesus, you will love people. I love my church because my church loves Jesus. And together, we love on others. I said last week that's a practical expression of love. If you love people, you will show them. Because Jesus loves people. But listen, a hypocrite does not love his church because he does not love others and he does not love Jesus He only loves Himself. Judas was a perfect example of that. He cared nothing for Jesus, for His kingdom, and nothing for the poor. It's like He made a plea for the poor, but the truth is, James, He cared nothing for the poor. He only cared about the money that was going in His own pocket, which takes us to the fourth characteristic of a hypocrite, That is selfishness and greed. Again, same verse, verse 6. He said this not because. What he cared about was the money in the money bag and the fact that he was stealing from it. Now, I'm not going to call at this point the name of our church treasurer. But it's just awful. That the first church treasurer. By the way, did you really realize? Did you realize that Judas Iscariot was the official church treasurer? That's that's what it means. He was selected as the church treasurer, and it it's horrible that the very first church treasurer of the very first church was a thief and was stealing from the offerings. That is a negative example that no treasurer should ever follow. Praise God, we have uh, someone handling the funds with, with great integrity. I would trust with my life. I guess I do. <laughs> Judas was not a Shelley kind of person. He was a thief. I mean, think about I hate to say this, but through the years there have been many church treasurers who have been proven to be stealing from the church. If there's anybody, man, if I'm going to steal, don't let me steal from the Lord's church. That's crazy. Stealing from the King of kings and Lord of lords. Judas was a thief. He really didn't believe who Jesus was anyway. And so it made no difference. And anyone who steals from the church cannot really believe that Jesus is who He says He is or they would not steal from the church. But He was a thief. He was selfish. And He was greedy. He cared only about the money. You know what it means? He cared nothing about the trust that was placed in him. 
When you're put in a position of serving the church, whether it's pastor or treasurer, associate pastor, whatever position you're put in, I spend a lot of time with my staff trying to grow the staff, pull us together so that we can lead you in a united way. But we recognize, don't we? We recognize what kind of responsibility that is. It is a tremendous trust. Judas, as a hypocrite, betrayed the trust that was put in him because of his greed. You can't trust a hypocrite. He was not a believer. He was never a believer. And he was never real. Well, I just gave away the fifth point, And that is betrayal. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, he betrayed the Lord. The, this, as, as we're leading up to the crucifixion, we're going to talk about Peter who denied the Lord. That's next Sunday. This week is Judas who was a hypocrite. I need to make it very clear. When he betrayed the Lord, he didn't just betray Jesus. He betrayed all the other disciples as well. He betrayed his family. That family went into a, a, a loss of reputation, a loss of name. Even the name Judas. Anybody here named their, their son Judas? Oh, think so. That name died with him. No one who knew what that name meant would ever name their son Judas again. He betrayed his name. He betrayed his family. He betrayed his Lord. He betrayed his church. Listen, if you're a hypocrite, you have betrayed the Lord. You've betrayed your church. You've betrayed your family. You say, why would you talk to me like maybe I'm a hypocrite? Because Judas was a church member, but he was a hypocrite because he was never saved. He had never trusted Christ for salvation. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil. Now some people try to get Judas saved and that he fell from grace. Jesus said from the very beginning that he was not a believer. He said he spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Listen, one of you is a devil. And in the passage of Scripture, John um, chapter 12 that I was reading and then going into chapter 13 it talks about that, the, that Satan had entered Judas to convince him to do what he was going to do and in the video you saw that Jesus said get about it Whatever, what it is you're going to do, do it just, just go do it it was because Judas had been deceived by Satan now, let me say this. Look up here and look at me. I want you to get this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you, and you cannot be possessed of a devil. 
But you better understand you can be influenced and you can be tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. Beware of the temptation of Satan. He will lie to you and he will lead you astray. Listen, don't be a hypocrite. There are far too many church members who have never been saved. How do I know that? Well, how about the fact that I was one? For eight years, I was a good church member, but I was lost. And friend, if you're afraid to admit that you're a member of the church, but you've never been saved, you're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to a liar. And you need to quit listening to him and you need to listen to the voice of truth and the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. You're a hypocrite because you've never come to Christ for salvation. You're putting on this mask. You're acting like you're a good Christian and a good church member. If you're in this crowd and God's been speaking to your heart about being saved and you keep putting it off, the invitation's given, and you won't come and trust Christ. Your teacher is speaking to you about being saved, but you're acting like you've been saved, but you have not yet called on Christ. Quit listening to the wrong voice and listen to the voice of the Spirit of God as He is calling you to come to Jesus. Listen, the devil will lead you astray but Jesus will reclaim you. He will restore you. He will renew you. You will have a rebirth through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't be a hypocrite. You see, a hypocrite knows all the right words to say, all the religious vocabulary, all the things to put on that mask. But today is the day to take off the mask and be real with God. And say, Lord, I cannot do this myself. I need you. Forgive me. Save me. Be the Lord of my life and be my Savior. If you haven't done that, you're lost. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been a part of a church, how often you attend. None of that matters until you come to Jesus for salvation. Judas is a terrible example of a, of a terrible death. The death that someone dies without, without Christ. It was a death of shame. It was a painful death. It was not the kind of death any of you want to die. Come to Jesus. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't even look like one. Come to Jesus today. I want us to stand. Everyone with head bowed, with eyes closed. You say, boy, that was a negative sermon. Take it as a warning. Take it as a call from God. 
hear the Word of God and agree with the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God and do what God wants you to do. Come to Jesus today.